right, here we are again with another edition of the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. My name is Kyle Bird. I am the host of this thing. With me is the other host of this thing. Hi, I'm, I'm Matt. And, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, Hi. it is It is Christmas. We, we Now, we reviewed two Christmas movies. Uh, which one of these should go up, like, on Christmas? Do we want to give uh, them, like, the happy one, the happy, well, happier one, or they, do we want them to hear, like, the, like, depressing one? I feel like giving them the depressing one is, like, the, the bird thing to do. Yeah, that, well, that's why I asked. I, I kind of feel like that it would be a good, a good move. <laughs> uh, I'm going to vote the happy one because I feel like I mean, listen, we talked about this on, on the other, one of the other shows We're we're curmudgeons around the holidays. So I'm going to vote happy because I wish happiness on our listeners. All right. Okay, fine. Um, Matt, what are your, some of your favorite Christmas movies, man? We, we never talk about Christmas. movies. My, I mean, a Christmas story. We've been watching a ton of, uh, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because that's... The Rankin-Bass stuff? Yeah, dude. Like, Charlie Brown Christmas, I mean... That I good. Charlie Brown I, Christmas is good. I personally consider Gamera 2 a Christmas movie. You know, Christmas it, movie, man. Dude, it's it's set in the wintertime. I mean, there's not many... It, it, there's snow in it. That's... Yay. I, it counts! It counts. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't really... Like, I don't watch a ton of Christmas television, honestly. Like... You know, for me, Christmas TV, you know what it is? It's watching college basketball. That is Christmas television for me. Nah, man. What about you? Uh, well, um, the Rankin-Bass specials are, are fun. You know, I grew up watching those. Um, yeah. Actually, around Halloween, you should watch Mad Monster Party. It was I did just, watch Krampus, and that was awesome. Yes, Krampus is great. Also, by future Godzilla. Well, I guess he's directed most of the movie at this point. But, but yeah, Krampus is awesome. Um, yeah, Michael Doherty will be doing the next Godzilla movie. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend seeing Krampus if you're a horror guy. Also, of course, Gremlins. Oh, dude, Gremlins is fantastic. I yeah, forgot about yeah. Gremlins. Yeah, Gremlins, uh, Die Hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I do like, I might have said this, but yeah, Peanuts uh, uh, Christmas special. Um, uh, on the horror front, I actually, there's a whole, the Christmas horror is like a whole subgenre. And I really like it. I like. I love Christmas horror, even like a lot of the bad ones, like uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I've, I've I've seen all five of those, or actually, technically, there's six. <laughs> uh, six of those. Yeah, man, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> sound like. I mean, oh, I, uh, I think they made a, a sequel to Things. I mean, I know it's Thanksgiving, but like, I didn't even realize they made a sequel to Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving Three is the sequel. That doesn't. They didn't do two. Like part of the story is like they don't know where the second one is or something. I. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um. Uh oh. Um. Um. Uh. Uh. Christmas Evil is a Christmas horror with one of the craziest endings ever. Um. Uh. What are some other? I did a whole podcast just about Christmas horror for If It Bleeds. Why am I? And I love it's like my one of my favorite horror subgenres. Why am I? Doesn't sound like it. Well, it yeah, doesn't. no, I'm my brain is is farting around right now because it's so late. Um. Uh, but yeah, Christmas horror. Uh, I really like. Um. 
But yeah, it's, it, oh, Black Christmas, of course, uh, directed by Bob Clark, who did go on later to direct Christmas Story. But Black Christmas uh, was, it's kind of referred to as the first slasher movie before Halloween. Like, it's the movie that Halloween, like, took a lot of its stuff from. And uh, Halloween was, in a way, pitched as a kind of sequel to Black Christmas. Um, but Black Christmas is a cl- is a, a classic Christmas horror movie. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Um, but you know what? Uh, we're here to talk about uh, about joy, about love, about peace. Matt, love and peace. Yes. Before we do that, a quick uh, uh, thing. Um, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. Email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We love fan mail. We just don't get enough of it. And rate us and review us on iTunes. Um, I hear, for whatever reason, that's like good for us. Um, and continue to spread the word and spread the love. We want to hear from you uh, just as much as you like to hear from us, I guess. Uh, speaking of, Matt, you uh, have an announcement to make, uh, so why don't you make that? So we would love to have a podcast episode with one of you lovely listeners coming on the show and picking uh, a subject of your choosing. Um, so we just want to do an episode with one of you, and the way this works is you can enter the contest, all right? It's a contest. We're going to randomly pick the winner. So you, the way that you win is you go on Twitter you tweet um, an episode of your of what whatever episode you like, maybe your favorite kaiju transmission episode. You tweet it out on your personal Twitter. You go to Facebook and you uh, post it to your personal wall, and then you email us immediately after that, and you just send us a list of maybe three, four, five topics that you think would be cool. The only caveat is we ask that you would pick something that we haven't already you know covered. Um, this, we are planning to announce the winner sometime in early February and record the episode probably in late February. So, yeah, we would love to record an episode with somebody and uh, pick something interesting. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, we have a list of stuff, too. We, we, can, we can make suggestions, but we're hoping that somebody picks something that, you know, we haven't thought about. Yeah, I, uh, no kidding. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I hope... Everyone listening does it because, um, you know, there's like, 12, there's like 12 of you. So, I mean, the, the list can't be that long. Yeah, man, we have all these likes on Facebook and like a, an eighth of them actually seem to be listening as if our download numbers are to be, to be believed. So. So, yeah, um, you know, spread the word and, and let's have fun with it. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll talk about whatever you want as long as it's within reason and, you know, um, the subject matter fits the show. Um um, so a quick news item uh, before we get into our review. Um, the legendary monster maker, Keizo uh, Morase, is back, kind of, or he is trying to be back. Um, there is a Kickstarter up for uh, a film or... Um, is it a short or a full... It's got to be a short, I would imagine. I think it's a short. Um but basically, it's called Howl from Beyond the Fog. Um, it's directed by a fellow named Daisuke Sato. 
Um, now, Howl Beyond the from Howl from Beyond the Fog is a follow-up to a short that um, he had made previously, which um, was called The Foghorn, and it was based on the Ray Bradbury short story um, of the same name, which is also the short story that The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms was based on. Um, and he made a short based on that, which uh, with, you know, practical monster and everything. Um, I think it was completed. I don't know if it got any kind of release anywhere. Uh, I think you might be able to see, like, some teasers or trailers on YouTube, but I haven't seen the whole um, film surface. But this is a follow-up to that, and um, he has worked on uh, uh, some as a, like an effects assistant on some of the Millennium Godzilla movies and stuff, um, maybe even some of the Gamera films. So he does have a history with the actual production. So that's probably how he got Morase involved. Um, and Morase, of course, um, was behind a lot of the monster suits um, and props and stuff, ranging from, I think, Varan was his first. Um... And uh, I think the last one he worked on was uh, the Heisei, Godzilla vs. Mothra. So a ton of stuff in between there. Shows, um, movies, Godzilla, Gamera, Ultra, uh, Ultraman, uh, Mighty Peking Man from Hong Kong. Um, uh, very prolific. Uh, and um, not only is he still around, unlike a lot of his contemporaries who have sadly passed on, he is trying to... Um, help uh, Mr. Sato get this this off the ground. So uh, there is a Kickstarter for it. Um, uh, and the Kickstarter, it looks like, is mostly to fund the building of the monster suit and prop. Um, the monster is a four-legged creature called Nebula. And um, so I will go over the uh, the Kickstarter goals. Okay, so yeah, okay, so it's uh, planned to be 45 minutes. Um, the overall theme of the film will focus on the Japanese concept of light and darkness as told by puppetry and model miniaturization, um, which will also be destroyed through the course of the movie. <laughs> uh, the story revolves around a young boy named Izana and a blind woman uh, named Takiri, and the two encounter the large monster Nebula, who since ancient times was feared as... The god of Lake I'm I'm gonna mess this up. Uh Aminaso uh, Um uh, anyway, um it says uh so the rewards um if you pledge five hundred yen or more, um you will receive an email from Mr. Morase of appreciation. A pledge of 1,500 yen or more, you get a PDF de uh, detailing, uh, which is basically a booklet uh, about the making of the film, along with a letter, and uh, 3,000 yen or more, you'll have your name or desired nickname in the credits, as well as the letter of appreciation and the making of PDF. Uh, 5,000 or more, you get a making of book. Um, which will walk you through the making of um, the monster as well as uh, the techniques and processes needed to make monsters from the 50s through the 70s. Uh, you also get the letter of appreciation, the making of PDF, your name in the credits, 
6,000 yen or more, you get a DVD of the finished film, um, uh, which will also have extras and a making of segment. You get the letter, the making of booklet in PDF form, your name in the credits, 10,000 yen or more, you get a Blu-ray copy of the movie, which will have the same features, uh, and you get the letter and the making of uh, PDF booklet, the name in the credits, 50,000 yen or more, Matt. You know what you get? That's a large chunk of change. What do you get, though? <laughs> you get a 19-inch figure of the monster. Uh, That's uh, a big figure. <laughs> <laughs> that it will be overseen by Marase. You get the letter of appreciation, the making of PDF booklet, your name in the credits. You also get the book. You get the DVD. And you get that figure. 300,000 yen or more, you get a functional costume-sized head of the Monster Nebula. Um, I, I don't know who really needs that, but that's kind of cool. To, that would have to cost, like, all of the yen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the custom-sized head, uh, supervised by Morase, um... Made of soft urethane and uh, will be the same size as uh, one of the heads used in the movie. And then you get the letter. Uh, I feel like I'm doing what's the the. You could just say all the other stuff. Yeah, well, what, what, I stuff. feel like I'm doing what's the Christmas song in the first oh, day I have of Christmas. In it. Yeah, yeah I, have I feel like I'm doing. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing that. Uh, just say all of the other things. Yeah, everything else. Good. You get the name. Well, I'm just gonna. Okay, you get the letter. You get your name. You get the book. The PDF booklet. You get the book, and you get the figure. Uh, Matt, we're 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 going big here. Uh, so five hundred thousand yen or more, and you get uh, an in a screening and an invitation to the movie's wrap party uh, in Tokyo. You also that's fifty grand, by the way, for those who don't <laughs> know how to do the difference. That's, that's uh, roughly. You also get the letter of thank you, thanks, the making of PDF booklet, your name in the credits, the making of book, the DVD or Blu-ray, the 19-inch figure of Nebula, the costume-sized head of Nebula, and of course, that film screening. A partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so there it is, Matt. Um, what's, the, what's the overall, like, what is the goal, like the total goal that they need to make uh, this the happen? The goal um, is $7,121. Uh, man, it's not doing too good. <laughs> no, no, like, wait, wait. They only need seven grand to, like... They're at seven grand, or they need to hit seven grand. Seven grand is what they've pledged. So uh, usually with Kickstarters, when when they when they make more than their goal, they will put that into the cost of it, and then they'll start announcing um, stretch goals. So for example, like um, Rift Tracks did a Kickstarter to get the rights to do the '98 Godzilla. And they far exceeded their goal, so they were like, okay, if we can make a little more, our stretch goal will be acquiring the rights to do Anaconda, because that's also a movie that Sony has. So they, they were able to do that. So um, uh, I, so if it makes more than its goal, I'm assuming that they'll, they'll do the same thing. That's like the common practice. Right now they're at $2,405 of a pledged 7105 uh, it's got 38 backers right now with only 19 days to go. 
this is a very niche uh, thing. So if uh, I know it's Christmas season, if you've got a couple bucks lying around, give the man some money. He's a legend. He's made so many of your favorites. Give him a couple bucks. Uh, I'll probably pledge something. Probably not enough. Uh, I'm just I'm just surprised that like that's that's such a like very attainable goal. I mean, seven grand to make something like this is not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I I'll I, I don't know if I'll. I mean, man, the holiday season. Christmas shopping has, like, broken me <laughs> right now. Uh, well, the, I was going to say the timing is not... <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I'd imagine... <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine before this ends, I'll probably pledge a, a something. I don't know if it'll be enough to get any of the um, the rewards, but, you know, I'd like to help my boy out a little bit here. Um, and, you know, well, you, I, I will say, for those of you who don't have the Marase book that was put out, uh, I think, last year, that book is I think it's, a, I think it's a little older than that, but it's a great book. <laughs> that the, book, yeah, the, the photo book. Yeah, that photo book is is, and it insane. covers everything. Like you see, his, you see his work on Zone Fighter and Mighty Peking Man and all these like TV shows you never heard of, and um, like it, it covers this whole body of work and all these behind the scenes photos. Like you, he's will, he's impacted. See. If you're a fan of Godzilla. And Tokusatsu and Giant Monsters, you've seen his stuff, and you probably just haven't realized it. Yeah, if yeah. you don't know who he is, you do know who he is. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, check out the Kickstarter page, and uh, yeah, if you got uh, some change lying around, you know, throw it, throw it his way. You know, help 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 keep uh, the uh, practical kaiju's alive. Um, all right. So uh, we are doing another Christmas-themed episode. You know, we I know we have a few episodes uh, dropping in uh, December, but we have a lot of like single movie episodes, so they're they're a little shorter. Um, so today we're gonna do just uh, again one movie, which is Love and Peace, um, a 2015 film directed by the great uh, Japanese filmmaker. Um, Sion Sono, uh, sometimes Shion Sono, sometimes there's an H in there. Um, but he's a, he, honestly, um, I was a fan of his before this movie ever came to be. Um, movies like uh, Suicide Club, I think that was the first one I watched about, you know, there's an epidemic of suicides. Uh, Cold Fish is uh amazing, amazing true crime movie. One of the most messed up bleak things you'll ever watch but just amazingly done um uh uh there's one called tag um that's really good kind of horror comedy kind of meta kind of movie um uh he gets compared to Mike a lot because a lot of his movies are very surreal and also like each movie is so different different genres different tones different styles sometimes he gets lynchian and surreal other times he's um he could make a comedy or um a, a, ro a romantic comedy or a just messed up horror movie just a lot of um really interesting interesting movies um and one of the more exciting directors to come out of japan um since the the 2000s so um so he's awesome. 
Um, so this movie, Love and Peace, um, it's not necessarily a kaiju movie, although there is a heavy uh, kaiju scene at the end. Um, and, uh, of course, the effects for this movie were done by the great um, Kiyotaka Taguchi, who you would know as a lot of work on the Ultraman movies, some awesome, awesome short films like um, Gehara and Zone, and um, uh, just an awesome guy, one of the guys that really has a passion for keeping the, the tokusatsu effects alive. Um, so, Matt, I've done a lot of talking. Uh, <laughs> do your best to summarize this very odd movie. Uh, first of all, this movie's pretty awesome. It is, it's great. Um, so let, let's talk about love and peace. So basically, uh, I believe it's in the summer of like 2015, we were introduced to our main character, uh, Ryochi, and, uh, man, this guy's awkward. Like, you meet him, and <laughs> he, he just, he's like every nerd or like um, awkward kid in high school that gets a job and then it's all of those tendencies but like ramped up to a million he's basically like Shinji from Evangelion but like live action form and just super awkward and crying and like snot coming from his nose and it's just really bad and he's going to work every day and he's severely picked on like there's a sequence where his uh, he's being harassed at work um, not just by co his coworkers, but by, by his boss. And uh, somebody comes up and gives him on the pa like a pat on the back and says, hey, it's going to be okay. But by giving him a pat on the back, he puts a sign on his back that says hazardous waste. And so the one person that shows him any sort of care or affection is this woman named Kumiko Azo. And um, she's also kind of awkward, but she's like the only person that really cares about him at all. And so they, they have this very awkward kind of back and forth relationship. Um, but they can't really tell each other how they, they, they have that, like, can't tell you how I feel about you kind of thing going on. One day, uh, Ryuchi has this fateful meeting, I guess you would call it, um, where he finds this guy who happens to be selling turtles. Um, well, this little baby turtle, he buys it, buys it, takes it home and he names it Picadon, which Picadon is is basically like a, a term that they um, gave, well, that they kind of use for people who survived the atomic bomb. Um, it means essentially like flash boom or brilliant light and boom kind of uh, meshed together. <clears throat> anyway, he the, the next part of the film goes through these stages where uh, Ryuchi is dreaming and his dream is to become a rock star. You see him playing his guitar. You see him singing to the turtle. And he's telling the turtle his literal dreams. He's building a city. The turtle's crawling through the city. And um, eventually he starts taking the turtle to work because that's what all weird people do. And he, um, his coworkers find out about it. They start harassing him, bullying him. And then he eventually gets so fed up with it, he panics. And he, kind of like in a fit of anxiety, he flushes the turtle down the toilet. Once that happens, the toilet goes to this like magical place in the sewer. We meet the first character that just goes by the name Paul. Paul has all these toys that have been flushed down and thrown away by their previous owners. And Paul also has this magic candy that he gives to the toys that make them come to life and talk. 
so you have these marionettes that are brought to life and you have these um like a bear and you have like a doll and you have a robot and they're all talking it's basically uh it's basically the island of misfit toys uh with pets and toys that people just throw out yes and so paul gives what he thinks is the talking candy to picadon except he makes a mistake because paul's also a drunk and he gives them one that makes wishes instead. So Picadon makes a wish that all of his owner's dreams would come true. So later on, because he's a slobbering mess, Ryochi actually bas- – he's, he's kind of like on the street walking around. And he sees this guy playing guitar. And the end of the guitar is shaped like a turtle. And he starts grabbing the guy and crying about Picadon. He does this for like 10 minutes. And the guy like kicks him off. Well, that guy happens to be a famous rock star. So they end up taking um, Ryuchi to like this outdoor concert and they chain him up and they're trying to use him as kind of like a publicity stunt and they're making fun of him. But they also happen to give him a guitar and say, hey, play. And it's kind of this effort to like humiliate him. Well, he ends up playing a song that he wrote for Picadon and he ends up being really good and he becomes famous for it. So now you have the rise of Ryuchi and he ends up... Um, basically becoming the leader of that band called Revolution Q. And you have the rise of his character, and then he basically breaks away from the band after becoming super famous. You have this really uh, shady manager that's saying, hey, once you become famous, I'm going to become your manager, break away from the band, so he does that. And then Pykodon becomes this giant turtle, rampages through the city. Um, and it's, it's kind of that whole thing where like power goes to your head. And then... Uh, re- Ryuchi goes by the name of Ryo, and uh, Ryo eventually realizes, hey, this isn't who I really am. He goes back home, and that's kind of where like the story ends. But we also have Paul at the very end of the movie. Guess who Paul actually is? Paul's really Santa Claus. He's drunk in <laughs> Japanese Santa Claus, but he's Santa Claus. And what he's been doing the whole time is he brings toys to life that have been discarded. He repairs them, fixes them, and then he actually sends them back to homes that will accept them a second time, which is kind of cool. Like, it's a really cute story, and I've been rambling, so I'm going to let Bird talk now. Uh, yeah, it is a cute story. And, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Picadon, he basically goes to the island of misfit toys with pets and toys that are thrown out, and that's kind of your subplot, where, where your A-plot is, um, you know, yeah, he gets kidnapped by that punk band, and they force him to play that song that becomes a hit, and he kind of... Which is called Love and Peace. Yes. That's where they get the, um, the title from. And then he, yeah, he, it's, it's, it's the classic rock star story of, you know, the guy that, you know, gets big, and he becomes controlling of the rest of the band and turns into an asshole. Um, and yeah, all while that is going on, you get the adventures of Picadon, who keeps growing and... Yeah, he's talking to all these puppet animals and these these you know like real live dogs and stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's a movie that you you know you it, it defies genre. You can't peg it into you know a, any certain thing. Um, it's a comedy. It's a rise and fall story, um, and it's really just about this guy's ego and. Um, we sh- we should mention that um, uh, the main character is played by uh, Hiroki Hagasawa, 
uh, Hasegawa. I'm sorry. He played. Man, you he, are matting it up so hard today. Your names, dude. It's this. It's this time of night, man. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but he played a uh, uh, um. Uh, Yaguchi in Shin Godzilla. Yeah. Um. He's got some acting chops, man. He really. He's very. Uh, like he was a he was just a blubbering mess in this film, and it was great. <laughs> well yeah and yeah his the, his the way he, he is just abused at work i i couldn't help but laugh like they're putting these stickers on him that say he's like garbage and <laughs> just and you know he'll walk down the street and everyone just points and laughs at this poor guy it's like man. it like breaks the fourth wall several times too yeah. like the tv makes fun of him on the yeah, news. yeah, he'll see like the movie opens with like a news report that's yeah. like, yeah, uh, his life sucks, <laughs> ha ha ha, and you know he's 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 really kind of uh, delusional <laughs> from the get go. So you can see how once he gets famous, you know, he would just turn into a complete dick. Um, but uh, um, yeah, and and it's fun to see you know, a movie that has puppets and miniatures and all this other stuff, um, you know, minimal CG, um, you know, the, the, the talking dolls and, um, talking stuff to animals and stuff are all actual puppets. Um, and then of course, towards the end, Picadon gets taken by, uh, some government scientists or something and they inject him with like a serum, and he grows giant, and he interrupts um, uh, the uh, uh, biggest performance um, of Rio's life, and uh, he starts. What does he say? He 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 gives him some kind of like empty platitude about like being good. What do you remember? What what Picadon tells him at the end. I don't, I don't remember. Well, he's he's repeating. So he's basically repeating all of the stuff that Ryu said or Rayo said to him. Yeah, yeah. In his apartment. Yeah, like before he he became famous. Yeah, um, and then he actually confesses his love for the girl that he's been addicted to, becoming <laughs> <laughs> famous, and she's at the concert. And then he sees her, and like like at the concert because they bring her to the stage and he like runs away. Like it just, it's hilarious. Um, and yeah, man, Picadon, he, he, he turns giant. So he, he, uh, is walking through the city, knocking down buildings and stuff. And of course, uh, um, you know, uh, you have the miniature effects, um, by, uh, Taguchi who, um, I mean, that guy is awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, the Picadon turtle is kind of a, a you know, a silly, cute-looking um, monster, but uh, but the uh, the miniatures are all really good, and um, I think that was kind of the point. Um, and I, I seem to remember a joke that they make that uh, Picadon is too slow to even, like, be a real threat, you know, when he's <laughs> rampaging through the city. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just a fun, uh, really original movie. Um, and I mean, the kaiju fans might 
you know, it's not really a kaiju movie, so they might uh, go in thinking it will be. I remember when this movie was announced, everyone kind of, oh, uh, Sono Tokusatsu, great, you know, and not really realizing there's really only one scene at the end. But um, so, uh, you know, I saw a lot of American blogs saying, oh, he's working on a kaiju movie. And that's that's not quite what this is. But um you know, but he he definitely has a appreciation for the genre. And um, uh, Matt and I we interviewed Taguchi at G Fest. Um, there's no audio because we screwed that up. But uh, you can <laughs> read you can read that interview on uh, Mazer Patrol, uh, the blog Mazer Patrol. And um, I brought up this film and. Uh, yeah, Taguchi, I, I pretty much just asked how he got involved, because, you know, I'm a big fan of Sonos, and he said uh, he um, he really just, I think he, he knew someone that was a producer on the movie that uh, also worked on Evangelion, I believe, and he said he wanted to um, set him up with a meeting with, with Sono, who was uh, telling him that he wanted to make a movie with a, you know, tokusatsu sequence and he wanted to and he was saying you know how he grew up watching all those movies and it's something that he has a passion for and you know he wanted Taguchi to do it so that's uh that's how that happened um uh, Toro Tezuka is actually in this as well he's uh he's a scientist that comes up and does the uh, injection and looks kind of ominous he's also in Shin Godzilla as one of the multiple Ministry of whatever you'd recognize him if you uh he's a, he's also an Ichi the killer and dead sushi and a bunch of other stuff um but yeah man uh oh, well he's he's uh that nerd guy right in gamma three that's what people would probably know him the best for oh yeah, I forgot about the that guy that I hate in gamma three <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and you and Tom hate that guy yeah the the Cult guy, um, yeah, the, the mana guy, the mana, the mana game. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, um, so yeah, love and peace. Um, uh, I I don't know what more to to really talk about. I will say, um, there it, there's a, some interesting little like things peppered in about. Well, we mentioned how Picadon is. Uh, named after, like, the sound that an atomic bomb supposedly makes. Um, yeah, it's like the flash off. boom. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's interesting, there's a few scenes where they talk about how, um, you know, there's, like, young Japanese people talking about how, like, they don't care about World War Two or, you know, how they're forgetting about World War Two. Kind of the same themes of that that are brought up in GMK you know they're kind of brought up in the background of this movie and I thought that was really uh really interesting yeah Picadon actually had like there's um there's a short film animation that was made in like the late 70s about Picadon that apparently is pretty uh pretty explicit about some of the effects of the uh, atomic bomb and I know it's a, it's a very it's a pretty well-known term, and, and there are some atomic bomb references sprinkled throughout. And actually, the reason um, what happens is Picadon, the word Picadon, because um, 
Rio is singing the words Picadon initially in the song. He's singing about the giant turtle. They replace that with love and peace um, for the lyrics. But the reason that the woman who initially um, wants to sign him to her music label is so moved is because she's she thinks he's he's actually referencing the atomic bomb and she's moved by it, not realizing it's just a turtle, which is both hilarious and also really sad <laughs> at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that they bring up those ideas that, you know, they that there's Japanese that don't really care about what what happened in World War II. Um, it, it really, I don't know, it's not really needed for the plot of the movie so much, but you know, it was really something that kind of, you know, leave, leaves you thinking, you know, and that Picadon is this cute turtle named after, you know, an, after atomic bomb blasts, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I misspoke when I said it's, it's, it's the survivor, it's it's the it's the blast name, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I apologize for that, but yeah, it's... Um... The, the movie itself has a lot there, there's a lot of like like the the stuff with paul honestly I, I i will be honest like having a father like or having a father having a kid and being a father the stuff with the the toys the, the subplot with the toys is basically these are toys that feel very discarded by um getting thrown away and like they're mm-hmm. in sewer obviously like i was very like sad and like teary-eyed when you know that uh, Paul has to. The toys have life, and then Paul gives in this drink, and it basically takes the life away for the toys. And then he refurbishes the toys and makes them brand new. And he tells them at the end, like, "Hey, it's going to work out this time because he's going to go give them away to to new kids and new homes." Yeah. And like, I just felt like so, oh, like crushed well, my that, heart. And, and that's that's also a, well, that's also a very Japanese theme too, right? We've talked, I think, a couple times on this podcast yeah. about how. You know, it, it's kind of, you know, they they view thing things as con- carrying a certain energy or spirit to it, and so when you if you so when you throw out something, you know, whether it's an old pair of shoes or whatever, you know, you're, you know, you you should be burning it at, in like this ceremonial kind of thing. That's why thrift stores aren't common. That's and that, like that's something we talked about in a, I think a few of the yokai movies, like even the Mike one, the big creature at the end is the the combined spirits of all these discarded items, and you know the idea that every everything that you know you have in your house has like a certain energy to it, and if you throw it out, you're just like you know being wasteful. You're discarding something, and that's why. You know, I, in Japan, I, I guess they still hold like rituals where, where people just burn their stuff because it's it's seen as being more respectful than just throwing it in the garbage. Um, so, yeah, I think culturally there's a little bit to that also. I, I don't know if I had to say have, there's something like is wrong with it. I think maybe maybe it's it, it's a little too long in some places, but it, the pacing never really bothered me. Um, even though it, it is slower paced in, in some places, but that, you know, I didn't, I, that's not really a bad thing. Um, you know, I, I think you could, you can maybe cut a little bit out of it and trim it up a little bit, but, uh, you know, I feel like that's really just a nitpick, um, uh, yeah, in I mean, a way. There was a, there was a couple spots that, 
probably one of my favorite characters is uh, Sulky, which is an overly negative cat. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but he, like the marionette that they use, um, he's walking, but he's clearly not touching the ground. He's like four or five inches off the ground. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's because all the other uh, puppetry was so like it was really, really good. There's two scenes in particular that I know of that were like kind of distracting. Um, but that's, I mean, you know, whatever that, that kind of stuff isn't, isn't a big deal. I do think it was, could be trimmed up a tiny bit here or there, but overall, like I, I really, I really did enjoy it. Um, there's a couple of funny moments too, like the robot that gets drunk and because he's drinking liquid, he also falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The drunk like, robot's like, pretty awesome. Um, that, that was pretty funny. Um, and yeah, what, uh, once Picadon learns to talk, it's just. Anytime he talked was hilarious. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> we forgot to mention like he teaches the the songs that that are that the guy learns are, are actually given to him by the turtle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the turtle like basically sings him the melody. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, what's a good uh, what's a good like magic candy? Like how many? <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I would give this one, uh, I'm stuck between a three and a half and a four. It's bothering me. Um, hmm. let, me let me go first. And I'm, I'm at a very solid four, uh, talking or humming turtles, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm a very solid four. I, I think, I think it was slightly too long. And I think, I don't know. It, there, there's not there, there's it was missing a little special something to make it like a five yeah what'd you think of picadon's rampage yeah picadon's rampage is is, is um i mean it, it's fun it's 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 there but like it's not um like it, if you're going in expecting like a really awesome monster rampage i think you're going to be disappointed but if you're looking for like a little cool homage to monster movies i think you're going to be pleasantly surprised mm-hmm yeah, I, I you know I think I'm gonna go ahead and give it a four. I mean it's it's just a it's an original movie that is a lot of fun, and it's not like anything else that you would see, and you know that's hard to come by, and it's it's done well, um, and it mashes up a lot of genres: um, comedy, uh, kaiju, fantasy, you know, um, musical in a way. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just, it's just a lot of fun. And, um, and, you know, the whole, like, last act of the movie is, um, takes place at Christmas time, and there's a lot of Christmas stuff going on. And, uh, of course, uh, the bum in the sewer is Japanese Santa. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fun movie, and it's one that, uh, I would recommend digging out this time of year. And, you know, maybe sit down with some some friends that like foreign movies and just offbeat cinema and and yeah, just have a good time with it. I also think it has a lot of uh, a lot more heart than than other. Fi- I mean, it just I don't know. I got all like the feels and stuff for this movie, and it's just one of those things where for me, like I, I don't get that. Uh, I'm just I'm just sentimental, man. When, once you become a father, like something happens that like that light bulb goes off. So, so drunk Santa, man, drunk Santa is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's great. Um, 
Yeah, I liked it a lot. Is there anything that you uh, wanted to add about love and peace? Um, nah, I think I think we got it all, man. Picadon. Yeah, Picadon's awesome. Would you buy a Pika like an X Plus Picadon? No, no, I can't. I can't really afford much X Plus anything right now. <laughs> uh, okay, well. Um, all right, well, uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy whatever it is that you do. Yeah, man. Merry Christmas. All right, see ya. Peace.